We're here to look ahead to 13 games on Wednesday. Lots of injuries, lots of streaming options. If that's the way you want to go or you've got the space for it, let's look at what's on my radar across Wednesday's games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I mean, let a thousand blossoms bloom as far as I'm concerned, but I ain't spending any time on it because in the meantime, a person is torn to pieces every three months by a crocodile in North Queensland. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So whole live show yesterday on the Jim Harden trade. Um, there might be more stuff going on with it. We've heard a lot of rumors about maybe the skater boy, Zach Levine, moving across to Philadelphia. Who knows? We don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But at the moment, um, what I talked about on that live show yesterday is what's going to happen. The power forward spot in Philadelphia is still up in the air. Is it Tobias Harris, Rob Covington, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, KJ Martin? Don't think it's Paul Reed. Um, don't think it's going to be Morris. Don't think it's going to be Batum. Um, but I think guys are going to be sort of a bit all over the place. And I think the biggest winner out of all of this is probably DeAnthony Melton, and the losers are going to be guys like Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell and Bones Highland over with the Clippers with small decreases to Kawhi, Paul George, and um, Harden. But we can talk, or even Zubats, I think, loses quite a bit over there with the Clippers too. But a whole show on that, so I'm not going to dwell too much on that here. I'm not going to dwell on it at all, in fact, even though the Clippers do play a game on Wednesday. We have 13 games on, so remember... You might be looking to... This show, we're going to talk about streaming a lot. You might not have the ability to. You just might not. But if you've been hit by multiple injuries, you've got open roster spots due to IR, then you can take advantage of some very interesting opportunities that are... It sounds like I'm selling a timeshare. Wow, you're really going to be interested in these opportunities that we have. Come sit down. Have a coffee. Now, do you make a disposable income of $250,000 per household? Well, if not, get your poor ass out of here. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, what we're looking to do is talk about the games for Wednesday. So we might as well go and do that right now, but we will start just by looking at some injuries. How do we update those? Well, there's a million of them. So let's go through. That's what happens when 26 teams play. I don't expect any of the traded guys for the Clippers to play. So that means Harden. It means Tucker. I wouldn't expect Philip Petrosev to play anyway. So I'm going to rule all of those guys out. The Clippers do have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, and Harden might well be there ready to go. There is an outside chance that Jim plays on on Wednesday. I'd be pretty shocked to see a 24-hour turnaround in him being available to play. But that's where we're at. These guys are also currently out. Nick Claxton, Cody Martin, Najee Marshall, and Pig Williams. Claxton being out keeps opening up that opportunity for Dorian Finney-Smith. More minutes for Royce O'Neal, and it looks like better performances from Ben Simmons as well. We also just got um, 
Just got word on that as I'm going to air now is that Spencer Dinwiddie, who I did have listed as questionable, he has been ruled doubtful. So that is even more for um, Cam Thomas because Dennis Smith is also doubtful. So their guard rotation is uh, is looking pretty thin over there with the with the Nets. Marshall has already been out all season. So is Cody Martin. So Jalen Williams, not much to change there. Brandon Ingram missed last game. They said the MRI was clean. So he is questionable. So there's good news there, but bad news that he's already missed a game. In terms of some other injuries we look at, both or three Pacers guys popped up on the injury report. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and uh, Jalen Smith. So if Smith is out, deeper leagues, we look at someone like um, Isaiah Jackson. If Halliburton and Matherin are out, well, Buddy Heald becomes an excellent stream. Nempard becomes a stream. And Timothy John McConnell. Because even if they start Nempard, McConnell will probably play 25 off the bench and be absolutely a 12-team league player. Because if we have both Halliburton and Matherin out, you'll see Heald and Nempard probably start the one of the two. And then that would mean that you would get McConnell getting a lot of minutes backing up both of those positions. Well, you know, he wouldn't back up the shooting guard and Nempard would just slide across the shooting guard. So big opportunities could arise there depending on the status of those guys. For the Cavs players, it is a little bit tough to note because we know that Jarrett Allen and Darius Garland are out on Tuesday. And at the moment, Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell are both questionable. Now they both practice, Levert and Mitchell, so the expectation is that they can play, but it is a back-to-back, so they might not be available for Wednesday. So we've got Levert, Mitchell, and Garland, and um, Jarrett Allen, all with uncertainty around Wednesday, meaning Struz, Socorro, um, uh, George Niang, Dean Wade, these sort of players can really, and if Levert is out as well, when you're going to get so many minutes pumped into guys, like even Ty Jerome is out today, so they are really hurting, maybe Amani Bates plays, honestly, or Sam Merrill, there's going to be some very interesting guys there, but we will find out more after the game on Tuesday. I've got Spencer Dinwiddie questionable there. He is doubtful, so he's probably not going to play. Bam Adebayo missed the last game for the Heat. And with him out, Orlando Robinson was very clearly, I thought, better than Thomas Bryant. And if I would stream someone, it would be Robinson over Bryant, just because I think he's better, although that could always blow up in your face. Caleb Martin, questionable again with that knee problem. So if he is out, maybe we get Jovic minutes. I don't know. He played zero in the competitive portion of the game and then came in in blowout time and brought the team back a little bit with Orlando Robinson. Dan Gafford is questionable. Um... If he is out, then Bilal Kulabali becomes a streaming option if they decide to go that route again. But honestly, the predictability with that rotation is zero. Kyrie Irving, still currently questionable after missing last game. If he is out, we're looking at Joshy Green as um, as an option there for sure um, because that's who started. Not that he's an awesome guy to grab, but he's going to have improved value. In terms of um, other injuries, Santi Aldama, Luke Kennard, both uh, I say at this point questionable you would think they'd have to be getting close to returning. And when Aldama and Kennard return, we've got to see the impact on Roddy, on Williams, and on Tillman. Paul George. I've got Paul George questionable and Kawhi doubtful. It is a back-to-back. I actually think Paul George leans more towards probable. I really don't think Kawhi is going to play the first back-to-back of the season after knee surgery. I fully believe Kawhi will play back-to-backs this season. I just don't know that he plays this one, so I am listing him doubtful. Terrence Mann hasn't played this season. He is currently questionable. Um, or he's out for Tuesday, so I'm going to put him questionable for Wednesday. Norman Powell is questionable on Tuesday, so I'm going to say he's. You know, we've got some doubts that he plays on Wednesday as well. And the same goes for... Uh, if it's Zubats, who's questionable for Tuesday. So if we have Man, Kawhi, 
Um, Zubat's out. No Harden, no Tucker, no Covington, no Batum, no Morris, no Martin. We are going to be seeing minutes, or even no BJ Boston. We're going to be seeing guys like Jordan Miller. We're going to be seeing Amir Coffey, the, the Farmers Union. We're going to be seeing Kobe Brown play big minutes. And Mason Plumlee, the cockroach, going to be excellent streams. But there's just a lot up in the air with that at the moment. And like, there's like six or seven ways that that can go. Rui Hachimura missed last game with an eye problem. He's questionable. Kaminga and Clay Thompson missed last game. Um, I would expect that Clay does play Kaminga. I'm not sure, but we're not rostering Kaminga in 12-team leagues. And the last one I've got there is Trey Lyles, who I do have listed as questionable, but just as I'm recording this, um, King's practice finish. He didn't practice, and it, it looks like it's impossible that he is going to play. And he's probably a two or three more games away, I would guess. So Vizenkov and McGee get boosts there with Lyles still on the sideline. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL slash NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. If you just bet against the Raptors, you probably win that money line bet, and then you get the $150 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, parlays, it's all there over on FanDuel. So go there, FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, so that is all of the injuries. There's tons and there's a lot of different ways that this can go. So stay up to new, up to date with the basketballmonster.com news page, um, our BBM alerts page for injury news. You can follow me on Twitter as well and you'll just see all this stuff break in, uh, in yeah, relatively close to real time. So who are the streams of the day? Someone left a note on one of my comments. Josh, you mentioned how 10 team leagues are the second most common size of leagues. Why don't you do a stream of the day for that? And I went, yeah. You're right. Like you're right. I should because as much as I believe that ten team leagues with standard rosters is just way too shallow of a format, it's it's silly to me because I get questions like, man, who do I who do I have at the end of my roster? My worst players like a Kongwu and like it's ridiculous that in a league of 550 players that you're rostering like less than a quarter of them. I just honestly think if you are playing ten man league, you got to go like 20, 20 player rosters. Honestly, and maybe not twenty, but close enough. It's just too shallow. But that doesn't change the fact that the second most amount of, well, the second highest priority league is a 10-team league. So we are going to introduce a stream of the day for 10-team leagues. And and the cutoff I use for that is 65% rostered. And that means that Jalen Johnson is somehow still available. And he should not be available in 10-team leagues. But he is, so go and add him. My 12-team category stream of the day, we're doing Malik Monk. Now, Darren Fox is out. I didn't put that on the injury list. We knew about that, and that's a longer-term injury. These are more short-term situations. So Monk is out for the Kings. No, Monk. Uh, Fox is out for the Kings. They did confirm that Davion Mitchell is going to start, but Monk is still the guy that I would prefer. Even though Monk won't start very, very clearly, he would be the guy that I would prefer over Mitchell. So he becomes my 12-team category stream of the day, and for points leagues as a stream of the day as well. For 14-team league stream of the day, we're looking at 20% um, rostered or below. So I'm going to go with Killian Hayes, who continues to start. He might get you six or seven assists with two steals, and that's pretty good for a 14-team leaguer. And then for 16 teams, I am going to go with Josh Green, who's going to play regardless, but he would likely start if Kyrie was out, and then he might push to a 15, 16-point game with a couple of extra ancillary stats, which in a 16-team league, who are these are all players available in over 90% of leagues, 
Josh Green does look to be a solid option whose value would definitely increase if Kyrie didn't happen to be there. So let's look at some other streaming options. These guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. Let's go position by position. I still believe that Kobe White is worth streaming. I don't know that he's going to remain a must-roster player. To me, that he was a must-draft late-round flyer as a starting point guard who you assume get 30 minutes a night. That is what we use the final rounds for. He has shot really poorly to begin this season, and I've got no issue with dropping him once we just get a little bit of stuff to settle, right? Like, who are you adding him for? Like, DeLon, right? Like, I don't really think that DeLon is a fantastic option to have at 20 minutes tonight, maybe less you know, play who doesn't score. That's not all that exciting to me. But I would hold Kobe because the role is his, and there are going to be some nights that are better. And if they do trade Zach Levine, his value is going to go up pretty significantly, I would guess. So I would hold him. He's available. He is an option to stream. Malik Monk and Kevin Herter, two Kings guys there. Herter played much better last game. I do not believe that Herter is a 12-team league must-roster player, but as a streaming option, he is available here. Bogdan Bogdanovic, I've included him as a power forward eligible streamer because for some reason he is listed as power forward. Pretty sure he's played zero minutes at power forward through his career, but you know, whatever. And then at center, the Wizard of Noz himself, Nas Reed, is um, available still in over 50% of leagues. We get another data sample point to see what happens when Jaden McDaniels pushes to 30. Because my fear has always been if Jaden pushes to 30, someone out of Nas Reed or Kyle Anderson is dropping under 20 minutes. I don't know who it is, but one of those guys is going to have to drop because they literally just are not enough minutes for them both to play 25 plus. In terms of deeper league guys, these are all available in over 80% of leagues. Killian Hayes, Josh Richardson's available basically everywhere. He's like 90% plus available. Now, it was an underwhelming beginning to the season, but he's going to have a really sizable role. Like their backups are Drew Smith and Jaime Huckers, right? So he's going to have a sizable role, but he's available everywhere. Not saying he's a 12-team must, but yeah, there's some value in him. Royce O'Neal, with the absence of Dinwiddie and Claxon and Johnson, both Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith are available everywhere. Finney-Smith's close to a 12-team league stream. He actually probably is. Probably a short-term guy while those guys are out. Royce O'Neal is definitely like a 14-team league player. And then at center, Kelly Olenek, who you could argue might push into 12-team discussions, but he's definitely available as a 14-team league guy um, with the Jazz. And if he ever played 25 a night, we would look at him as a pretty comfortable uh, 12-team league option. Let's have a look at um, what is on my radar for the 13 games across the NBA. Um, Milwaukee-Toronto. Chris Middleton. And the question is, what is on my radar? What is going on? Is is he just, is he cooked? I, I, I fear, I fear he is. And that's not a great position to be in. So we were sort of a bit all over the place with Middleton during the off season. I liked his value early on. Um, and then we got to media day and I went, oh no. And then we saw the trade and went, oh no. And yeah, it looks even worse. I would hold him, but bloody, it looks bad. Um, for the Raptors, it's Gaz Trent because he didn't start last game. He he won't start when they're healthy, but he lost minutes to Dick. And we've all lost something to Dick at some point in our lives, and Trent's losing playing time. Does that stick? In terms of streams, Malik Beasley and Chris Boucher, because I should have mentioned this earlier, the big sneeze, Precious Achua is doubtful again. So Boucher probably, not probably, definitely gets all the backup minutes because Christian Coloco also remains sidelined. So what 
Uh, what are we looking at? What's on my radar for the next game? We're looking at Portland and Detroit. We are looking at Sterling Henderson here because he did look better in the last game. He's still not fully there, but we understand this is a process and this is burn this into your head. Draft rookie point guards, understanding they will be bad for probably two months. You've got to be willing to accept that. That's why you don't reach up super, super high. They will be strong, usually, most times, especially when they're elite prospects like Scoot, later in the season. But it will be rough early on. We saw something turn for Scoot last game, so I do like that. And if you're debating, do I have Scoot or Keontae George? It's Scoot, right? George is going to be subject to the same sort of issues that Scoot is, but to me, he's a worse prospect and worse player. You just have to be willing to sit on these guys for a little bit. For the Pistons, Jaden Ivey scored really well last game. I thought he played pretty good. But does he get enough minutes to matter? Because with Burks and Hayes still getting the love of Monty Williams, I'm not sure Ivey's going to play enough to be a must-roster 12-team league guy. In terms of streams, well, maybe it is Matisse Thibel, but honestly... This, how bad Thibel is, I was considering Tamani Kamara as a stream option who got the bulk minutes over Jabari Walker in the second unit. Thibel's just a nothing. Like, he starts and does absolutely nothing. If I was them, and I'm not, if I was them, I'd just start Kamara. I'd definitely start Sharp when Simons comes back. I would just start Kamara. I don't see the point of Thibel at all. What's the point of playing him and playing him 16 minutes? I don't get it. For the uh, Pistons, I would consider Alec Burks a pretty solid stream as well. He's been playing very well. He's an awesome shooter. And honestly, with the spacing concerns of those lineups with Cade starting, they need Burks out there as much as possible. Having Hayes and Stewart next to um, Cade and Thompson, who you do need out there because they're awesome, uh, it's really, really disgusting offensively. The next game we take a look at what's on my radar it is the Pelicans and the Thunder. Um... I want to see Jordan Hawkins because Dougie was really good last game, starting in place of Brandon Ingram, played big minutes. I don't think that he's going to be a guy we look at all, all season at all. I don't think he's going to be that sort of a player, but they elevated him and played him pretty good minutes. So if Ingram is out again, he becomes someone we pay more attention to. For the Thunder, this probably doesn't matter this season, but it's another rookie, and that's Kaysan Wallace, who I was very high on. I actually had him higher than Anthony Black in my rookie draft prospect ranking. Um... And I just want to see him continue to develop. What does his role look like? Is there any chance he eats into Lou Dort? I don't think I don't think so, but he seems very clearly ahead of someone like a Vasily Micic at the moment in that backup guard rotation. And last game, by the way, they also took the thing they did last season where just randomly we get Aaron Wiggins DNPs and Davis Bertan stepped in. In terms of streams for the Pelicans, well, it probably would be Hawkins if Ingram is out, but otherwise Larry Nance is a safer sort of stream, but do you always want safe? Not always. And then for the Thunder, Lou Doherty is available in over 50% of leagues, rightfully so, but that does make him a streaming option. What is on my radar for the Pacers and the Celtics? Well, outside of what happens with Halliburton, uh, Matherin, and Smith, which is up in the air, I want to see the Aaron Neesmith situation because... Aaron Neesmith, again, we look at Aaron Neesmith when he was drafted out of Florida State, I think it was Florida State, where he was a shooting guard, small forward guy with, he played like 10 games or something for Florida State, shot 50%, elite three-point shooter, really struggled in Boston, right? But now people come across and they see him in Indiana and they go, well, I guess you know, Neesmith's really hurting, you know, Buddy Heald, or maybe he eats into Matherin. But they don't use him like that. They use him as a power forward with a little bit of time at the three. So when you see the minutes of Neesmith, it's not because of Heald, it's because of Toppen. So that's how I really want you to focus on this with Neesmith. Don't look at Neesmith as competing with Heald or Matherin for minutes. He's competing with Toppen. 
and he is winning that competition. Now, he started nearly all of last season as a, as a power forward, and he didn't really interest us in 12-team leagues, and I think we have the same sort of idea here. But he's actually okay as a stream guy, and especially if all those guys do go out, it will just enable a few more shots to go his way. On the Celtic side of things, I don't believe Al Horford's a 12-team league guy, but I do want to see um, his play, how he looks, uh, just paying a little bit of attention to how they use him rotation-wise. He's a stream option if you know, you're looking for someone for Boston because he's available in over 50% of leagues. While for the Pacers side of things, I've got Andrew Nembhard there, but TJ McConnell is also a pretty good stream option with the potential that Matherin and or Halliburton both sit out. What's on my radar for the Cavs and the Knicks? Well, it's tough to know because they play each other on Tuesday. So I'm not going to focus too much on that. And there's so many uncertainties around in the Cavs guys, Garland, Mitchell, Allen, Jerome, Levert. Like there's five guys out and we get more information from that game from seeing what happens on Tuesday. What is on my radar for the next one, which is the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat? Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, who I thought was quite poor most of last season. But he's been very good this season. And with the injuries to J Johnson, Claxton, and now Dinwiddie, Finney-Smith probably should be on a roster. For the Heat, I do want to see everyone's favorite apart from me, Nikola Jovic, who has played zero non-garbage time minutes outside of a start when players were resting against the Wolves. Does that change? If it does, it's marginally interesting. Because look, I'll be fair to you, the Heat power forward situation is not very good. Haywood Highsmith, who's injured. Caleb Barton, who's injured. Kevin Love, who's Kevin Love. So if Jovic was actually yeah, asserting himself, there is a role there for him. He hasn't, but maybe he can. We'll see. And then for the streams, well, Finney Smith's a great one. And then Richardson, as I said, is available everywhere. Second game back, maybe his minutes ramp up a little bit. Um, the Wizards and the Hawks. I do want to watch um, Bilal Kalabili for the Wizards because if Gafford is out, Gafford's currently questionable. Do they go back to Kalabili? Do they just start him over Avdi anyway? Like the game before when he played 27 minutes with Gafford out was great. The game before that, I think he played 14 minutes. So that's clearly not rosterable. Now, in a points league, I wouldn't ever bother with him as a streamer. He's not going to generate big points. For category leagues, his defensive stats and his position or his positional assists are okay. But is he going to be a must-roster guy? I don't, I don't know. I think he's going to push into it, but I'm not sure he's always going to be worth the stash. Well, for the Hawks, we do want to watch Aneka Okongwu, who played more minutes than Clint Capella last game. Is that an ongoing trend? Well, the plus minus differential between the two has been an ongoing trend, and we'll see if that influences any of Quinn Snyder's decision-making. In terms of streams, Avdir is available. I don't love him as a 12-team league player, but he's a good streamer. Same with Bogdan Bogdanovich, or you could throw in even the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. And of course, as I mentioned, in 10-team leagues, for some reason, Jalen Johnson is available. On my radar for the Nuggets and the Wolves, it is Christian Brown, who played 30 minutes last game, while Michael Porter Jr. played 18. I don't believe that will hold. But Brown had a good game two games ago and then good minutes this game. So we watch that. We definitely don't add him in 12s. He's not a 12-team must roster at all. Maybe not even 14. But we see what the role is. And then I want to see, as I said earlier, the Nas Reed, Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels dynamic. In terms of streams, Brown probably is the best option there on Denver. You could consider Peyton Watson, but the minutes just aren't high enough. While for Minnesota, it's very clearly Nazareth Reed that we're looking at as a stream guy there. The Hornets and the Rockets is the next game uh, that we take a look at here in terms of uh, you know, what's on my radar. I do want to see how Brandon Miller performs because he was great last game. Was that because LaMelo Ball was in foul trouble and because the Nets went super small? 
I guess we're going to find out. We'll see how the minutes look. And then for the Rockets, Jalen Green. I am very close to being out on Green, even as a high-level prospect. When I went on Salman Ali's podcast earlier this offseason, we were preseason, we were talking about Jalen Green's star ascension. He was like, yeah, I'm not sure a breakout happens this season. Maybe it's next year. And to me, that means if you don't break out and establish yourself in year three, then you're never going to be a superstar-level player. Maybe I'm wrong on that. We've seen a few of those guys happen. Look, Larry Markkinen broke out in a different situation in what year five or year six. It can happen, right? But to be that guy, and but Larry Markkinen's solid. You wouldn't look at him as like a top 15 player in the league which is you know, when you take a guy number two overall, you would hope the overall outcome is upside level, getting to being an all-NBA guy, challenge, guy that challenges for all-NBA. So Green needs to do something here for me before I say he might still be a very good player, but maybe he's never going to be that level of guy. Is that harsh? Maybe a little bit. Streams. Dylan Brooks is available in a lot of spots, and I think that he is actually producing good 12-team category league value. I'm not that interested in, in having him. But he can work. And the other one, if we want to get desperate in Charlotte, we do look at Big Dick Nick, but his minutes have definitely not pushed very high this season. The next game on my radar, we're looking at the Bulls and the Mavericks. I do want to see Kobe White. I mean, I don't because it's been disgusting, but eventually something clicks, I guess. He was great. All three, all through preseason, playing with regular rotations, and the shots just haven't fallen. How does he look? With those other guys in the starting group, do they bench him at all for Alex Caruso? Do they bench Patrick Williams for Alex Caruso? That's what we want to watch. And then for the Mavs, I want to see Derek Lively. Now, last game was bad. He had 5,013 minutes. If he gets to 21 minutes, he is a 12-team league player. He played like 30 in game one, and then it's been downhill ever since. It's very hard to trust Jason Kidd, but there have been some extenuating circumstances. One, and we're going to watch this a lot. When you play Brooklyn and Claxton's out, you're really rooted as a center. And again, one of those reasons why, despite there being an abundance of good centers, having a two-center minimum in Yahoo is ridiculous and stupid and should not exist because there are situations where centers just don't play. And that's what leads you into trouble with those uh, sort of center requirements. So we want to watch Lively. As for streams, Kobe White is available still. I still like him as an option. And Grant Williams, probably pushing more for deeper leagues. But yeah, he's a guy we can take a look at. The Grizzlies and the Jazz is the next game. There are a lot of games uh, on Wednesday. So I do want to see Zaire Williams, who's been playing solidly. Has he been playing at a very high-level breakout 12-team guy? No. Has he been like a back-end 12-team league player? I guess, sure, but that's not really what we want to use a streaming spot for. Let's see what happens, especially if we do get changes in availability to Aldama and Canard. While for the Jazz, I want to see Talon Horton-Tucker, who was pretty good last game, putrid the game before that. I have very different opinions to some. There are a lot of people who agree with me. They go, yeah, this guy, well, I can't watch this guy. There are others who go, man, he's only young. I think he's going to be awesome. I can't see it that way, but we just keep getting information. And if he keeps putting together good games, then that will sway my opinion. But I don't think he is. So we'll see. So I want to see how it looks. For streams, Zaya Williams, Kelly Linick, both pretty solid options. The Clippers and the Lakers, the battle of the crypt for one of the final times. Not the fight. There's still a few more going. I'm just seeing there's some updates on injury reports as I'm doing this. Um, wow, what a tweet from Shams. 76's star Joel Embiid has been fined $35,000 for his Degeneration X Triple H celebration versus the Blazers. <laughs> Lol. Um, apparently, Trey Young has um, been listed questionable with an Achilles issue. Hmm. Uh-oh. Um, watch that one. Um, Jaden McDaniels is now probable with a calf issue, and Shake Milton is probable with foot soreness for the for the Timberwolves. So there you go. But that, um, yeah, Rob Williams is also back. He, he missed last game for the Blazers, but he'll be back. I should have mentioned that before. 
Um, the Trey Young Achilles one is interesting because if he is out, that means that AJ Griffin has to play and he pushes into a streaming option and then DeJounte Murray's value rises. So the Clippers and the Lakers, we just don't expect that those traded guys play. And then there's all those, you know, does George play? Does Leonard play? Does Powell play? Does Zubats play? Does Man play? So many questionable things. I do want to see if Kobe Brown gets minutes. I think he has to with the four power forwards on their way out and we'll see how he looks. I also want to see Christian Wood because it's been a very up and down situation for Wood. He was very good last game and he probably is worth having on a 12-team roster at times. I don't think it's always going to stick. I think the minutes are going to change, but I really liked how he looked in that last game uh, next to Anthony Davis. In terms of streams, Bones Highland is at least going to be available, so he's going to be an excellent stream, but even like Brown or Coffee could be good options there. And Christian Wood for the Lakers is probably going to be a solid stream. Another update as well, Nemeus Keita is listed doubtful for the Celtics, so in case you were interested in using him. And the last game of the day, we're looking at the Kings and the Warriors in Golden State. We know that De'Aaron Fox is out and Mitchell will start. I do want to see what Herder looks like because he was great last game, but putrid in some of the other ones. How do they split the minutes with him, Monk, and Duarte? And there's the absence of Fox hurt or help. In terms of the Warriors, I've been very impressed with Moses Moody. I do expect that Clay Thompson returns, but how much they use Moody is going to be very interesting. Someone threw a comment in one of the, the chats said, hey, I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory with this lack of extension for Clay. Do you think they maybe just let him walk and then they're grooming Moody to be the starting shooting guard next season? And I looked at it and laughed and went, oh, maybe not. Like I, I actually do believe that Moody could be a starting shooting guard on an NBA team right now. I think he's a very good player. And... Basically, nearly every time I've seen him, especially over the last two years, or let's say last 12 months, I've been impressed. He just doesn't have the opportunity. So I just want to see him again and see how they use him. In terms of streams, it is Monk, who'd be the guy that I'd look at, heard as an option. And Davion Mitchell is an option. Well, for the Warriors, there's not much in terms of streaming there. Very impressed with Trace Jackson Davis's performance last game. But if Kaminga and Clay both play, will he even get in the rotation? But he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Otherwise, we look at Dario Sharich as a maybe stream for deeper formats. And that was a very, very long daily look ahead. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.